0: tiny coffee drinkers and metric system enthusiasts tuck your kinder in for ein gutnacht of schlappen <laughs> relax from the strain of your 32 hour work week and you know what maybe you are Euro trash but maybe I'm a Euro raccoon
1: because it's time to talk tall to me a Euro trash panda yes a Euro trash panda they do actually have trash in Europe, contrary
0: to popular belief. But they don't have pandas there. Welcome back. I am Omen Thomas
1: Sade. And I am Nick McGill. Together we are the Feckless Moves. And this is Talk Tall to Me.
0: A long afternoon chat in the street cafe of Prague Rock in which Netherlandish Nick and Orléans Omen will take a long historical view of the collected works of borderless rock band Jethro Tull. Every album a country, every song a charming market square, Nick and I will ride the toad-in-the-hole train from Benefitburg to the arrondissement of Aqualung. We will sip Gluckwein in Glory Row, we will chug Chablis on the cross-eyed Mary Champs-Elysees, and we will pour ourselves a pitcher of port in the Paradise Steakhouse. And if we can manage to keep together a loose coalition of the Prague parties, we will elect the finance minister of flutes, the cod piece from Croatia, the Swiss chalet singer, Ian Innsbruck-Anderson. And we
1: will do it with style. Well, one of us will do it with style. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, welcome back, Nick. Omen. It's been a minute. We had a week off last week in terms of our recording schedule. Indeed,
0: I had a visit from my lovely wife here in beautiful Santa Fe. And Nick, how are you feeling?
1: Oh, oh funny you should ask. I I I tested positive for COVID yesterday. Ta-da. I'm so sorry. Yeah. So sorry. Glad that
0: you are all in all having a fairly mild case of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, last night was a bit torturous and the headache is gone and that was the worst part. And uh yeah, not not too bad all things all things told. And now you are on the road to health. I, I'm feeling significantly better. Yeah. German accent always helps that.
0: Okay. Oh, yeah. That's that was the only reason. It's like a cat's purring. It, it relieves inflammation.
1: Yeah. It's at a it's at a at an almost mystic level of frequency to heal. I've told you the, the what the guy what
0: the German musician used to always say at this German bar that I would go to. He would leave for a cigarette break with his with his cup of whiskey. And he would always say, "My doctor says I have to keep smoking
1: cigarettes. Otherwise, I'm going to die healthy." <laughs> there, there are some people who just accept and embrace their self-destructive lifestyle. Yeah, with style,
0: emphasis on the style. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Self-destructive life style. style.
1: It's just it's it's <laughs> italicized. Yeah, it's italicized.
0: <laughs> Well, I'm sorry you're not feeling well. I'm glad that you're still alive. And, Nick, what do we have the pleasure of listening to and then talking tall about on this very fine episode?
1: Well, today, this week, we are going to discuss European legacy. But before we do that, we're going to do a a couple of more pieces of notes and quotes from Ian about the album. Quote it away. This is, obviously, from Ian... That was following my solo album called Walk Into Light, 1983, where I'd been exploring what was then the new technology of the emerging world that was moving from analog to digital. Mm. Drum machines, very primitive sequencers, and so forth. I thought we could use that on a tall album. It's got some great songs, and it's arguably the one album where I really pushed myself as a vocalist. It's a great album apart from the drum machine. It annoys me to this day, and the public didn't like it either. I'm glad I did it, though. (laughs) Wait, can you go back a sentence? He's he's talking about this whole album? Yep. It's a great album apart from the drum machine. It annoys me to Ah. this day, and the public didn't like it either. Specifically, I think he's referencing the drum machine, machine, not 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 the the album album as a whole. Yeah, okay. Further on, the one regrettable thing about the album is that wretched drum machine relentlessly boring a hole in your skull because it's got some great songs on it, and it was one of Martin Barr's most inspired moments of guitar playing. Mm. I think in a way he felt that he didn't have to worry about keeping time with a drummer who was never perfect. All he had to worry about was playing the right notes. If Steve Wilson ever has a passion for wanting to remix under raps, I would agree on one condition that he finds a drummer.
0: (laughs) I was, you know, immediately I was going to ask, you know, is there, is there a world in which Ian Anderson, with whomever he deems fit, were to sort of Taylor Swift style re-record this material?
1: Right. And I would volunteer to play the drums for that. So you would do the exact opposite of the the mathematical precision and perfection of... A mechanical drummer.
0: I would bring balance to the universe by my
1: complete lack of rhythm. Yes. Okay. So you would you would exemplify that that imperfection.
0: I would. I would. It would be a drum. What's the opposite of a machine?
1: A chaos hole. Yeah. I'd be the drum chaos hole. You'd be a drum. You'd be a drum rock. <laughs> you'd just be just- a. <laughs> And then uh, finally, in reference to the drum machine itself, you could be a Luddite and ignore these new instruments, or you could say, well, let's give it a spin. Let's see what it'll do. And so I chose the latter course. You have to push the boundaries sometimes.
0: I think that's great perspective and really fits into, you know, what we often talk about tall in terms of being a prog rock band, they are progressing yeah. through history. They are progressing into new territory all the time, and and it's not you know not every experiment is going to yield the results that you think. Right. Some experiments yield more questions than answers.
1: And I I know we've had this discussion in the Discord in the past. The the idea of them re releasing Under Wraps with an actual drummer. But we've also been told that Broadsword and the Beast is going to be the last of the remasters. Unfortunately, if that is the case, it falls just short of one album. I wonder if they'll push it.
0: It, Though we can say it will fall. It is the last of the intended Steve Wilson remasters. That's true. There may be remasterers
1: yet to be born into this world. That's true. And also the fact that the reason given is that they're starting to get into territory where stuff doesn't really need to be remastered the way that Steve Wilson can get in there and really work the pieces and parts. But the argument can be made for Under Wraps that it does warrant a remaster. It almost needs to be
0: unmastered.
1: <laughs> Unmaster just the drum track and then remaster it.
0: This album needs to become ungovernable. No masters can have any influence over it. I would buy that album. I'd like to hear that. Speaking of blurbs, I will blurb a blurb to you. This is from the book Silent Singing, an Mm -hmm. excellent tome. Ian says, European legacy reads like an anti-Brexit pro-EU
1: rationale, a mere 35 years before its time. Mm. There we go. Let's keep that in mind as we listen to European legacy.
0: Let's keep it in mind and have a listen. Well, Nick, I think that to talk about this song, I'm going to need the assistance of a non-alcoholic beer. Nice. Classic. Classic omen. (sighs) I've decided to, now that I'm in my young and fun years, I've decided to start experimenting with sobriety. How's it going for you? It's wild, man. It's, it's wild. I get sleep every night. I'm hydrated. It's amazing. <sighs> it's ridiculous. Okay, European Legacy. Nick, there is a lot musically going on in this song.
1: Yes, it is. It is very mild compared to what we've been hearing so far. Just as a note, this is track number three off of the album. We've heard Lap of Luxury and under Wraps." Eins, zwei, drei. It's track track number dry, off of this album, and, and it's it's a bit mellower. It's it's almost acoustic, practically.
0: There's a big acoustic element in it. We have yeah. Ian playing the acoustic guitar throughout and underneath a great deal of it. She
1: at me. I believe the bass is electric. I don't think this is a like a, a double bass or a stand up or anything. Sugar and what else oh the flute we got the flute in here big heavy flute presence
0: we also have Martin on the electric guitar I want to talk about the vibe of this song okay you've said it's mellower I agree yeah although there's no lack of exciting synth work in here
1: It's in here. The synth is in here, but it's it's more subdued. It's like it's pulled back. You know, it's it's not vying to be in the front like the last two were. Same thing with the the drum machine. Certainly the drum is is a lot more pulled back.
0: I totally agree with you about the drug, the drug machine. I totally agree with you about the drum machine. I feel like the synth is is pretty ingrained in this. So that's interesting that we kind of hear that differently
1: it doesn't stick out to me. Like it fits in, it melds better than the previous ones. Maybe that's what, what I'm trying to go for. Do
0: you think maybe the flute being so present in this song kind of mm. provides that middle ground so that the, the synth isn't having
1: to do all of the melody work? Yeah. And, and the really, and just in terms of, of meeting it halfway in, in in the pitch uh-huh. you know so it's not just that really high pitched synth and everything else kind of flows underneath there's right. there is that bridge there yeah i think that's a decent assessment
0: i largely enjoy the sound of this not that that's relevant this discussion but i do largely enjoy the sound of this of this song there are a couple things that really delight me about it and some things that feel a little bit like guilty pleasure about mm. it okay so that wonderful flute intro that Ian does. The...
1: Yeah, it's super trilly. Yes, he's doing yeah. a lot of
0: flutter tongue on yep. the flute there. And obviously the drum machine is very thick backing it up. Yep. That intro has... A different feeling to it than when the verse starts there's a really funny kind of break in between that intro and the verse and both of them seem to be expressing this kind of mysterious seductive Mm. attraction perhaps but in quite
1: different ways yeah, absolutely. There, there is a. I don't know if it's like a minor key or a, there's. There is a darkness to it that leads you to, to not be, fully in your comfort zone. That's you right. Know? There's
0: a sense of mystery. It's like, yeah. It's like you're having a delicious meal, and then someone says, "And now you will eat a snail," and you go, "Ooh, oh, ooh, 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 eat a snail, eat a snail,
1: gonna eat it." Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So, so we're we're taking an exotic cuisine, uh, a, a, a nouvelle cuisine. Uh, yeah, would you say? Or uh, an oyster perhaps. bar? Why are they serving snails at the oyster Park? I don't know mollusks. <laughs> I guess they These all aren't have shells.
0: <laughs> have you ever eaten a snail, Nick? I have. Yeah. How do you find them?
1: In a shell, usually. <laughs> out, I go out in the garden. Nice. The couple times I've had it, I mean, the whole point of snail is just literally drown it in butter and garlic so it's i I don't really see the point they were it was a little snotty it was a little chewy yeah yeah i find
0: them delectable but i mean a big part of that is the butter and garlic
1: yeah yeah and and then dipping the bread in the sauce at the bottom of the bowl oh yes the snail sauce yeah the snail sauce yeah
0: and then so when we have the verse come in we have ian's wonderful guitar wonderful acoustic guitar it's so great it's always so
1: great to hear that yeah
0: yeah it's super light
1: everything is is really pulls back and it's just it's just a little strummy it's that intro is is a very interesting stretch of for lack of a better term hard instrumentation there there's it's hard playing and i don't think it ever quite reaches that level of intensity the rest like it picks back up but it's Maybe it's just because it starts right out of the gate so hard that it feels so forceful.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. We do actually have the flute momentarily take up that riff again later in the bridge. Mm. But it's interesting that you picked up on the lightness of the song. And I think that there is something that will... I think that ties into something that we'll talk about in the second half of the show when we get more into the kind of meaning behind the song. But I feel like there is this sense of... Of lightness and freedom, but also not understanding everything necessarily and, and mystery.
1: Yeah, I i, I want I have a comment to carry on with that, but it, it does belong in the second portion. So,
0: yes. You know what? Let's be laissez-faire. Oh. About our structure. Let's break down. Let Mr. Gorbachev. <laughs> break down that
1: song. <laughs> break down that song. <laughs> what is your thought? That feeling of mystery yes and not being full like in your comfort zone and everything it, it a part of it to me feels like if you're going to a new country that you've never been before sure. you know that's the layman's take on this song as opposed to our how it fits to our spy novel yes subject you know
0: yeah and and i think we'll talk more about that as well let's let's go back to the music for a moment there's yes. something that i really really just love that the synths does for instance after the uh, in the second verse, for instance, washed up a new identity. The synth goes down. It has this recurring kind of trumpet-sounding
1: sting. Oh yes, the 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 electric trumpets. Yeah, dun, dun! <laughs> yeah, yes. Washed up a new identity. I
0: find it so. It is my new electric hand clap. I find it so freaking funny, and it reminds me. Of a European band actually called the Gypsy Kings. Have you ever heard them?
1: Yes. I think I've heard... I think I borrowed your your Gypsy Kings albums. I forgot they existed. But yeah, I, I think I've heard them before. They're fantastic.
0: They are a Spanish Roma music influenced band. And they have, you know, they were recording probably around the same time. And so there's a lot of synth in their music, which is really funny because it's like traditional Spanish guitar, traditional... You know, Roma singing, and then <laughs> ridiculous synth sounds. There's something very um, guileless about it. And I think, and I feel like I this sound, hearing the synth in this context, gives me that feeling of like it's silly, but it's it's earnest, but it's it doesn't take itself too seriously.
1: It's light. We can hope it doesn't take itself too seriously, because if it if it does, I think it's really it's really not a successful take.
0: Yeah, it's. I think it, in my ear, it doesn't read as being very ponderous or very self-aggrandizing.
1: Yeah, it's not... The backbone of the song is not reliant on that sound.
0: That's accurate. The, yeah. the backbone of this song is Ian's acoustic guitar, I would venture.
1: Yeah, the flute carries a lot too, I
0: think. I would say that the flute is the engine of the song,
1: and the guitar is the chassis. Oh. I was gonna say the tracks. I was going, I was thinking trains. Trains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The flute the flute is not as stable as the acoustic, but it's it's up there. It's up there.
0: Speaking of Martin Barr, I think that his playing when you do hear it in this song is really exemplary. And I, I, I tend to agree with Ian no matter what he says. But also <laughs> as particularly in this case, I do think that that Martin's guitar playing is really exceptional and and very again you know going back to the lightness i love i love that kind of take on this or that that what you've identified in there there's something not unstrained i would call it not unstrained
1: so strained no i would say it is not strained oh okay it is unstrained gotcha you're saying overall there's like a a a light flowingness to this there is yeah i and i think that's one of the things that is so, so drastically different about this song compared to so the, some of the songs on this album that really force that electric sound onto us yes whether it's the synth that i'm growing partial to or the drum machine that i'm still not convinced about
0: yes there's an italian expression talking about europe dolce niente, which means it is sweet To do nothing or the sweetness Mm. of doing nothing, which explains a lot about the Italian economy, but also (laughs) kind of ties into, I think what Ian is partially tapping into here, this, this, you know, this European sense of being, of being relaxed and the music Mm -hmm. comes off, even, even when you have the guitar being very precise and you have the, the synth doing a lot of sounds, there's a certain sense of, of relaxedness. It's Mm. intention, not tension.
1: Oh, interesting, yeah, yeah, I get that. I get that. This is the song that you write when you sit down at the coffee shop in the new country that you're visiting,
0: yes, and you're you don't have the your mind is not oppressed by kind of dull domestic affairs,
1: yeah, yeah, you're on vacation, you're someplace new, so you're you're not you're not worried about work, you're not worried about cultural mores. Per se, because you don't know them yet. You know, you're kind of <laughs> you're dropped into this this world, yeah. and yeah. you can you can kind of experience it. And it's it, it, you're not tethered. There is a, a freedom there.
0: Well, and you know, and we're getting a little bit into the theme here. But you know, when you do when you travel, there is this sense of gaining perspective that happens sometimes. And if you you know, it's very funny if you if you live by the mountains, you eventually stop seeing the, the beauty of the mountains. Uh-huh. If you live. Uh-huh. In Paris, you eventually sort of tune out the Eiffel Tower. Right. But when you first get to a new place, there's this sense of like, oh, everything's new. There are infinite possibilities. I could totally be a morning person. <laughs> yeah. And then a couple of weeks later, you know, your old routines kind of kick in. But there is this there is this moment where you're like,
1: ah, oh, everything is open and expansive. Yeah, it's a, it's a new it's a new and foreign and exciting energy. Yeah. I want to talk just going
0: back to the music for a second. In the end of the bridge, which I adore the bridge on this song. Mm. Toward the end of the bridge, we have Martin and the keys and the flute all combining. Mm. And it gives me this very strong sensation of reminding me, it reminds me heavily of the song Hot Mango Flush.
1: Hmm. Okay,
0: yeah. There's that similar mix of of lightness and fast paced musicality, with a flair for the exotic. With the yes, with a little bit of a yes, with a little bit of exoticism. Yeah, mango thrown in.
1: Hot mango flush. Yeah, I, I see that. I get that. I like that comparison. This is, I prefer this one over Hot Mango Flush, but I, I get it.
0: Yeah. But we'll change your mind in two to five years. Who? Yeah. When, it, when is? Well you look that up, this song is in 4-4, as so far all the songs on this album are, which my theory is that's because of the drum machine, because it was yes. not programmable in anything else.
1: <laughs> the middle of April, 2024. Just around the corner. So a year and a half, yeah, not far at all.
0: This song is a lovely ditty. When I first heard it, I don't think I really enjoyed it as much as I did the second and third time that I listened to it. I I'm I'm jamming on it. It's it's giving me a, a full European fantasy, and I'm living for it.
1: I think it's it's a lot like Under Wraps number two in that it's so drastic granted this one is nowhere near as gorgeous as Under wraps 2 was or is or or as acoustic or as acoustic but but there is enough of a drastic difference that this song smacks a lot closer to the toll that we have been listening to up until this point and it's kind of a nice it's a nice throwback you know it's a nice Kind of island in the the tumultuous sea that is under wraps.
0: Speaking of throwing it back, let's throw it
1: all the way back to a quick break. Okay, Omen, here we are. We are halfway through. I believe Mary and Marley both have something for us. Mary and Marley.
0: Oh, ah, (laughs) oh. Oh, don't I look gorgeous? Uh yes, Mary, you look very, very nice. What, what would you, what would you call that garment? It's a kaftan. Okay. Very good. Okay. You get up when you're on your vacation. Oh, hi. I was down on the beaches of Santorini, and my Greek lover came, and oh, we did all manner of things.
1: Now, <laughs> is that? It was is that a Greek lover that you return to regularly, or is that like just for this vacation?
0: Tradition is tradition. My mother had a Greek lover that was his father. My grandmother had a Greek lover that was his father. It wow. goes back generations.
1: That's that's really you know we there's something that we really lack with tradition here in the states and it's, yeah it's, it's very, just really admirable to see that mary that's great Yeah, it's
0: really 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 suffering under the the long-term effects
1: of puritanism yeah so, i'm a
0: free woman
1: go, okay <laughs> goodbye thank you for that th- thanks oh she's not wearing underpants look at that nope, okay she is not wow she's not. okay uh, thank you marley. she always looks lovely in this light <laughs> oh marley that's marley. can't can't imagine of, how that's appropriate. We're going to unpack all that later. Yeah.
0: In the meantime, <sighs> it looks like Mary gave me uh, a small piece of paper on which she has transcribed in pastels this, um, what I assume is an email. Or
1: oh, oh, it's a review, I see. Oh my goodness, a review. It's been so long.
0: <gasps> Sir, sensors have detected another star in the sky.
1: Dear Lord, that's five stars. Five stars. Five stars. That fade is so long. I love it. It is a long one. This is indeed a
0: five star review from Woodface via Apple Podcasts from Great Britain. Very funny. Woodface, also, if you translate it directly to French, means hangover, gueule du bois. Woodface says, Title The Best Jethro Tull Podcast. This is a great example of what's possible with a podcast. Hosted by two funny, knowledgeable, and humble guys that don't pretend they have all the answers and are happy to be
1: corrected by their increasing following of tall skulls.
0: Recommended.
1: Simple and sweet. You say how it is. Greatly appreciated. Woodface. Woodface, you are a true poet and a valued listener. Thank
0: you. Thank, thank you for you. the five stars and thank you for thank you for noticing how humble we are. Honestly. <laughs>
1: It's it's about time people recognize that. It's
0: about time someone noticed <laughs> how thank humble you we are.
1: so much for that wood face. Genuinely, everyone else, g- leave us a, a review and a rating. Please, if you don't mind. So, Mary gave you that. Marley very distractedly thrust some papers into my hand. He wasn't looking at me when he did. And you didn't even notice me, new Greek hat. Oh. I, I'm starting to put some pieces together here. If not... <laughs> it's best not to inquire any yeah. further. I I have I have an email though from oh a previous writer inner. Oh my! This gosh. is from our friend of the pod, Jamison. Jamison writes an email entitled "Rhythm in Gold."
0: Hmm.
1: Moems just listened to the "Rhythm in Gold" episode while walking the dog. Momtastic as usual wanted to suggest imagining the high-class lady in the lyric as metaphor for an actual rhythmic pattern, which Ian, having seen it in a vision, is trying to describe, convey, articulate, demonstrate, etc. to the band, the boys, oh my. so that they can catch it or pin it down, understand it and play it, i.e. realize the track. This seems especially likely if the song took shape, as Barry Barlow has noted about earlier recording sessions, with the music being created before the lyric, the band having no knowledge of what the song was about or where and how the vocal would fit in. Perhaps Ian hit on the metaphor of the Creeper, no novelty in the tall canon, to find words and a vocal delivery that not only helped to convey the feel and tone of his original vision, but also to smooth over the somewhat jagged overlapping percussion figures in the track they had created, making it easier for the listener to absorb all the complexity at work in the dynamics of the instruments to follow Ian and the boys as they chase down the rhythm and gold. Moreover, our bard beset by beasties uses the last verse to deftly convey something about the process of learning and creating and playing music, especially with other people, in the realization that she, the rhythm or the muse, belongs to everyone, and the pursuit has yielded something, the track, while at the same time proving to have been sort of a cosmic fool's errand, a denouement that is actually a continuation of a mystical musical process. This interpretation, especially in the context of the beastie theme of the album, also helps me to feel less icky, or perhaps has grown entirely out of my mind expressly in order to feel less icky while listening to this song, particularly lines about immobilizing and sabotaging her resources for help and escape. Side note, surely Ian is punning on the double meaning of 9-11 as a Porsche and the American emergency phone number shudder i hope our narrator somehow kept going from you belong to everyone to i should really examine my attitudes toward women (laughs) anyway these be some of my thoughts it's always the most surprising episodes that make me want to weigh in thanks as always for the tall itches you scratch broadest of swords to you both jameson
0: jameson thank you so much for writing and for your thoughts you've conveyed you know regardless of whether or not that was the intention behind the song, that is a brilliant interpretation. And I think really is a beautiful illustration of something that I have definitely experienced with the creative process, which is sometimes you get as if it comes from completely outside of your own brain, a flash of inspiration. Mm -hmm. And if you cannot effectively write it down or translate it, or communicate it to other people that you're working with, you risk losing it.
1: Right. Yeah. You you can only do so much on your part if it is if it it is required to be collaborative.
0: Absolutely. And in a way, you feel like you're you feel like you're caretaking this idea, of bringing it to fruition. It's not even yours. It doesn't even necessarily feel mm. like it's yours. And I can imagine that uh, an artist of Ian's caliber could perhaps have access to these inspirations from the universe that that are so perfect as to be golden you know the kind of the golden ratio of the kind of alchemical dimensions to inspiration mm-hmm. is really intriguing again no idea if it's an accurate interpretation but as we've said every interpretation is as valid as anyone else's yeah yeah but i think it's a great i love that interpretation of, of uh, rhythm and gold well done
1: very cool it's very kind of Fourth wall breaking. It's there there's a there's a self-reference and a self-knowledge there. I like it a lot. It's very clever.
0: But without being so kind of twee as something like the horrible musical which I hate and a lot of people love called Name of Show. Oh, I don't even know that one. Don't even bother looking it up. (laughs) I won't at (laughs) nameofshow.com.
1: Backslash the musical. (laughs) And if you go to the cast, you'll see Omen Sade is the first person. (laughs) Nick, anything else? That is it for correspondence. I think we can dive back into the episode. All right. I'm going to
0: just have a quick spritz of this rose water facial toner. Oh. Oh. Oh, I'm, I'm so jealous. Hydrated. I'm refreshed. And let's get back to the regular episode. That was me toes water.
1: Oh, to- to- toes water. Did you misread ah. that, Omen? That I I have... A terrible skin condition Uh, now. (laughs) Terrible mistake. I have athlete's foot on my cheeks. (laughs) Athlete's face. (laughs) Okay, here we are. Welcome back, Omen. Ready to get into the, the content, the lyrics, the story behind or inside of European legacy.
0: Let's do that. But before we do, let's talk a little bit about, you know, what is Europe? I know that sounds like a, like a daft, simplistic question, but I don't
1: know that it is. Well, for those who are geographically challenged like myself, I think it's, I think it's a good question to address before we get into things here.
0: Well, and the, the kind of interesting thing is you can, you can approach the question from several standpoints. You can say Europe is a geographical entity. It is a series of countries. It's, it's a continent, right? one of the continents. You could say it's a continent, yes. But but on the other hand, it's like, well, where is the division in that continent between Asia, Asia major, major Asia, <sighs> and Europe? There's no actual border there. Right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. We talk about Western Europe versus Eastern Europe. You, you know, we have the political definition of Europe. We have the EU. Mm-hmm which started after World War II and was was really just, I think, five countries, Germany, France, Italy, Spain, maybe another one. And then that's expanded. So other countries, you know, it's a trade union. So other countries have joined the EU and then that's eventually that took on political power. There's the euro itself, the, the currency, which connects a lot of Europe. But at the same time, you know, not every country is on the euro or a part of the EU, Right. So there's lots of, you know, there's, there's lots of kind of ways of of defining it or or specifying it. There's the Schengen zone which is different from the European Union. You know, so there's this kind of overlapping ideas. Really, when you get down to it, I think Europe as a
1: concept is not particularly well defined and somewhat vague. Particularly I think in the states we kind of blanket term oh oh it's it's Europe. It's it's European.
0: And that's an important reminder to as we approach this song i think that it's easy as americans to think "Ah, oh, yes england is part of europe or the the british isles are part of europe and geographically you know you there's a there's a big argument for that politically there is a much less of an argument for it now than there was a couple of years yeah, ago
1: right right
0: you know and so the question of the the difference the separation between britain and europe has always been there's always been some cultural tension there and some political tension there.
1: Yeah. But I
0: also think that it's important to remember like from a from the perspective of a British person, neither of which we are. Correct. The idea of the continent, the mainland, Europe, is as foreign perhaps as it is to us in
1: America. Right. Europe has, Europe in air quotes i suppose europe has such a broad footprint that it really encompasses so much more than the the states does and and therefore has so many more differing cultures yes absolutely
0: and you know and then there are you know if you look at what's happening with ukraine at the moment you know you the ukraine would like to join the european union yeah because there because there's the there's nato and there's the protection that that comes along with it but is Ukraine European? I mean that's that's a question that's 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 unanswerable. Yeah. Russia would say no. Russia would say yet. But there is an argument to say that Russia is a European country. Right. You know, and then we get into cultural Europeanism. One argument is to say that Europe is the are the countries that were whose culture is primarily affected by the ancient
1: Greek and Roman civilizations. Like Ang- Anglo-Saxon, basically.
0: Yeah, or, or or Western in that kind of yeah. classical sense of, of the word. But of course, you know, that's not really something you can hang your hat on because there are now people from all kinds of backgrounds who are European. There are you know, tons of North Africans who live in France and there's a lot of racism in France. So, you know, this question, this question of like, What is Europe? Oh, it's European is very, I think, it changes to suit the requirements of the speaker often. Sure. Right. The user of the term European. Right. But in this case, I think what we are looking at is Europe as opposed to Britain or as opposed to England. So the continent.
1: Okay. So that more exotic land that you you have to go to the main body of the the continent exactly for. okay
0: across the channel there's a lot of geographical yep. references in this song mm-hmm. so that out of the way what i'm questioning with this song is do we approach it face value or do we try to fit it into the spy novel world
1: i think let's do the latter first let's do the f- the fatter lirst let's do that one yeah it kind of smacks of under wraps in a way that it 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 kind of feels like like a honeypot like he's falling for the he's falling for his mark
0: an intrigue
1: yeah he's svetlana is so exotic and from the main continent and he's seducing her but i think he's falling for her as well
0: yes yes I'll shoot on sight is kind of the, that's the bit that, that ties it to the spy world to me. Yeah, right, right. But also this sense that, that it maybe is a, a pan-European journey that they're on, you know. Nouvelle cuisine or an oyster bar, it's really up to her. It's sort of like, oh yes, well, we'll just go and we'll go to Florence for lunch. Right. There's that sense of freewheelingness.
1: Yeah, and it's it's to maybe it's his his fake identity, you know. He's he's flashing the money. He's he's trying to to make her fall for him. He's trying to gain her trust to gain her trust and present himself as someone that clearly wouldn't be a spy. He's making such a big presentation of things, you know. Yeah. Who who knows? I that's I mean that's all that's all serious interpretation here, but but it 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 definitely feels like like something is coming to a head at this point
0: yeah it's a, it's like the honeymoon phase of a james Bond movie,
1: yeah, it's going to evolve or devolve and and get more complex as the album goes on. I think that's a good
0: take on it, so now I want to move back to the the more face value interpretation, okay, which is to me, this seems like a the 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 lady the she is Ian's personification of Europe, yeah. She smiles at me from beyond the Eastern seashore. She smiles at me from beyond the Eastern seashore. There's this draw to leave England, to
1: leave Scotland, and to go to the continent. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, I'm reminded of the fact that there was this whole period of time where Ian Anderson was very, very close to moving the entire operations of the band to Switzerland.
1: Yeah, that was Passion Play. Around that time, yeah. Yeah, because that believe. was the Chateau disaster. Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So there's this sense I get kind of interpolating from that. My sense is, ah, yes, Europe where where I'm appreciated and not taxed within an inch mm-hmm. of my life.
1: Sure, right. Yeah, and he can then therefore write every check that she brings to him. He can afford to write the checks, you know.
0: All right. Every she to me. That's a line that I'm quite confused and stuck on.
1: I think it's just a matter of, well, I mean, now that you bring up the taxes, that in a way that sounds like like paying your taxes, but also in, in a sense, we we've got the the nouvelle cuisine or or, or an oyster bar. It seems like. He's, he's willing to pay. He's, he's, he wants to go and spend his money and enjoy his experience over there.
0: I'll pay any bill she brings to me.
1: Yeah, whether it's for oysters or, or a castle or a trip to the Eiffel Tower or whatever, you know?
0: Yes, a castle. A castle. Anything for after dinner?
1: Ice cream? A castle? Can I know it's probably not, like, standard, but can I get ice cream in the castle? Oh yes, a a casfagato. I'll I'll pay extra. I know it's, that's probably like yeah. No, no. We'll
0: cover an in espresso as well. Oh great, perfect. I think that there's I think that we're stumbling against a Britishism here, and I'm not sure on which side we're stumbling. I'll write every check she brings me she brings to me could mean, as you're saying, I'll write I'll sign my name for any bill. Right. What we would call a bill in a restaurant. Check please. Yeah. They bring you the check. Or he's saying I'll cash every check. That she offers me if someone if some European tour agency is like, hey, we want you to do 10 nights in in Germany. I'll be like, absolutely. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll be on a plane there tomorrow. Or cancel the Swindon hippodrome.
1: Or going going back to the tax thing. It doesn't I'm not sure it quite works with the whole specific terminology of European here, but maybe maybe he's willing to pay those taxes because he loves his country. But he, w- he wouldn't be saying European there, right? Ah, ah, I maybe. don't know. I don't know. Or maybe
0: this, is fa- maybe this is his fantasy of becoming a European and therefore having to pay lower taxes. Right. This is his fantasy of the La Dolce Vita. Yeah. A couple of geographical references. The Channel's Wide. The channel's wide. Of course, this is a reference to the English Channel, mm-hmm. which at its thin point is so thin that you can literally see France from the shores of england we've talked about that on a previous uh, episode on whiter cliffs i'm high high. i believe that refers to the cliffs of dover the white chalk cliffs which rise strikingly out of the sea in england that is part of the english channel so you know if you were sailing from france or flying from france you would see it Mm -hmm. and if you were standing on those cliffs you would be gazing toward france
1: and and the rest of europe okay is there a geographical location known as the highlands or is that just a broader term?
0: I think he's sort of saying, you know, like as the American propagandic song says from sea to shining sea, Mm. I think he's sort of saying the breadth and span of this, of this
1: place, the highlands and the islands.
0: There's so much of her Europe to explore. Yeah. Okay. It's a little bit of a, a, a sexualization of a geographical area.
1: Right, right. It is it is allegorical for the naughty bits.
0: It is sexagorical. mm mm-hmm. mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And, you know, kind of, there's something funny about Ian's perspective in the second verse, and I think it's only funny because we're Americans, but, you know, as Americans, we always think like, oh, you know, everything in England is so old, everything in Europe is so old, and of course it is. But Ian is saying... Ah, yes, here in Europe, round the castle walls, around the highlands and the islands, the fate reminder stands of visitors who took her hands a thousand years ago or so. You know, the kind of maybe it's the Romans, maybe it's the, the cultures that predated the Romans, but yeah. it's sort of him sensing that depth of history and maybe not saying, maybe, you know, logically we're not saying oh everything in england is new but just that this there's something about this land this this europe that's so intriguing that there've been and so fertile for civilization that there've been so many civilizations
1: that have risen and fallen in that area and to carry on with that the next line's stranded high and dry by tides washed up a new identity They came to this land, made it their own they they became something more than what they were before that. same thing with Ian he's coming over here and he's creating himself anew he is he wants to yeah. be something more than what he is
0: and who knows just like you' you're saying, oh my God, Nick, you're a genius. I know I know I'm I you're, <laughs> you're like I literally have it on this plaque on the wall that I got from my third grade teacher. Just like the various cultural groups who have come in and out of Europe have left their mark. Mm-hmm. Ian is perhaps wondering what is his mark on this landscape, on this culture? What is his European legacy? Sure, right. I had this moment recently where I was I was kind of struck by the way that culture moves and, and preserves itself and survives. Santa Fe is one of the longest... Occupied cities in the United States. Oh, cool. In the current United States, because it was originally founded as a town by, in its current form, by the Spanish. Right. Coming up from what's now Mexico. The conquistadors? Literally them. Yeah. So Santa Fe, New Mexico was for more of its history part of the Spanish Empire than it has been part of the United States. Wow. That's cool. There's a church downtown. I was passing by, and I was looking at this church, and I was like, "Man, that architecture is so distinct, and it really reminds me of like it's it's Moorish, like the way that the arches were formed, mm-hmm. the way that the kind of layers and the the domes, the shape of everything. It was it's totally like Southern Spanish Moorish architecture. So when the when the people from the north of Africa went across the Mediterranean, conquered Spain, they left their mark on the culture, which was various forms of music and this these beautiful forms of architecture. Mm-hmm. And so then seeing that in this, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of miles away, because that idea of architecture was transmitted all the way up through what's now Mexico, it just blew my mind. Yeah. It's this, you know, this this connection to North Africa here in the middle of the United States. Yeah. It's so
1: fun. It's pretty neat to think about and and unfortunately most of American culture has been whitewashed, so we really don't get to experience that. But if you look closely... Right, you have to do your own sleuthing to find it, but it's there. Yeah. Certainly not in New England, but... Well... <laughs> I, I want to go to... to I want to I pull out a couple of lines that really fit with... Just really hammer home the idea of, of Ian being... Of, of being drawn from England to to this mainland with the the tail and the the last bit of the third verse, I hear distant mainland music echo in my island ears. My feet begin to move instinctively to the warmer beat of my European legacy. I
0: hear distant.
1: Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. There is a siren's call. There is something kind of in the DNA that is, is responding that he, he just feels that pull. It's like, it's like when salmon know where to go to spawn or sea turtles know which beach to return to, to to lay their eggs, you know? Yes. I always go back to Europe to spawn. If you don't lay your eggs on that beach in Scotland you know for sure that your babies will not hatch
0: that's right that's right they know they know they can taste the water yeah well and you know a lot of british people do go on holiday in southern europe sure if you go to southern spain the signs you know in in certain towns the population of of holiday makers is so such a huge part of the population mm-hmm. that literally the street signs are in spanish german and english oh wow Yeah. Nouvelle cuisine versus an oyster bar. Fun little kind of dive into that. One might, you know, from an American perspective, think, ah, yes, you know, an oyster bar is something modern and Nouvelle cuisine is something more traditional. It's actually the opposite. Nouvelle cuisine, Mm. new cuisine was invented in the 1960s to kind of distinguish itself from the traditional heavier French cuisine. And oyster bars go back hundreds of years. Oh, sure. So it's kind of like, it's, there's kind of a fun play there, but also, you know, a nouvelle Cuisine has this association with being very high society, more expensive. An oyster bar potentially is, depending on the kind of oyster bar it is, might be a little divier. Yeah, right, right. Is Nouvelle Cuisine haute cuisine? Haute cuisine is a little bit of an older term. It actually comes mm. more from the 1920s, and it's it's more on the traditional side of cooking, but the presentation is very, very, very fancy. Gotcha. Haute means okay. high, so high cuisine. It's like the fanciest of fancy French food. Gotcha. Interesting. But Nouvelle Cuisine lightened everything and made it less caloric. Mm. I only ate beans out of a can when I was in France.
1: French beans, though. So, you know, I mean, there was that. Yeah. Yes, lentils. Lentils in a can? Oh, sure. Wow.
0: So just to tie a bow on all of this. Yes. We have one of these very traditional andersonian flips of lyrics the first verse ends with i'll shoot on site it's my european legacy mm-hmm. we end the song with she shoots on site it's a european legacy
1: yeah what do you make of that flip so i feel like there's always a key in the flip i i feel like that really like you said earlier when we we were talking about the spy novel aspect of it mm-hmm. that that really hammers home that side of things is uh, we start out with I shoot on site. It's my European legacy. He's going. He's got his head in the game. He's ready to be a super spy. He's got his license to kill. He, he's got his license to kill. It's freshly laminated. He's good to go. As we go further on, we talk about a new identity. We talk about the channel being wide, but it's their European legacy. He feels an, an instinctive movement pulling him to a European legacy. And then she shoots on site. Yeah. It's her European legacy. He has fallen in love with his mark.
0: And the fantastic thing is I think that that journey, that emotional journey works whether it's the spy novel or whether it's Ian's tales of touring in Europe. Yeah, right. Ah, we've got a contract for you in Europe. Fantastic. I'll go and make a ton of money and just bring it back home and I'll take take Europe for all it's worth. And then you go there and you start touring and you're like, oh, no. Oh no, it's stolen my soul. Maybe maybe
1: I should go and live here.
0: Maybe I should never have left.
1: Yeah, I think there are a comfortable bog. I think there there are there aren't that many places like that in the states. But I know, I've heard plenty of stories of people who like went to visit New Orleans and then never left. Yeah, that's a very good comparison. Like there's a magic there. I've never been, but
0: you shouldn't, you shouldn't, or you'll never, you'll never come back. Oh, right. Yeah. My wife would be very upset. Rook will be singing the house, of the rising sun for the rest <laughs> of his life. Santa Fe is a bit like that as well. Then that's a common thing you hear here. People are like, yeah, I came here and just never left. Yeah. Right. Right.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm sure places in California are the same. That, yeah, that would have been my next guess. Yeah. And that's it. And that's Nowhere it. else. No one else can claim it. Except for Peoria.
0: Except for Peoria, Illinois.
1: <laughs> Nick, anything else to say about European leg, assy? N- nothing for my leg, assy. Say, say,
0: say.
1: Next week, we are going to cover track number four. Ooh, ooh, ooh! I know what it is. I know. Do what it you is. know what it is? It's called "Later That Same Evening." I don't know the last time you were able to name the song for next week. I'm very impressed. Thank you. Even if it's literally on the computer in front of you, I'm it still literally impressed. is. <laughs> That's right. Track number four. Later that same evening. Until then, don't hoist your skirts too high because then you won't have any room for your Talk Told Me t-shirt, which you can get from our tea Public store, the link to which can be found in our show notes. I'm questioning your understanding of what it means to hike one's skirts. I mean, if you're really lifting it up...
0: If you are feeling stranded high and dry by tides, why don't you wash yourself up a new identity by subscribing to our Patreon, which will give you access to our Discord chat, where you can chat without the people who have subscribed to our Discord chat.
1: As well as two additional podcasts a month. And when you're done leaving a restaurant review for the Nouvelle Cuisine and Oyster Bar, please give us a five-star rating and review in your podcatcher of choice. Until next week, I am the warmer beat Omen Thomas Said. I am the visitor who took your hand a thousand years ago, Nick McGill. We are a wide channel, the factless Momes, And this is the podcast legacy honoring the European legacy. Talk tall to me.
0: Uh, ah, bonsoir, monsieur. Uh, welcome to Roger Le Grand Nuit Restaurant. Uh, my name is Philippe, and
1: I am so pleased to have you sit just here on this, uh, how you say, chaise. Oh, thank you so much, Philippe. That's really nice of you. I, I appreciate that. So, I don't know if you could tell I'm not really a local. I'm looking what to... But you don't say. I, I do say, I do. And I'm, I'm looking to experience the local cuisine. Ah, what is your name? I did not uh, I did not uh, hear it
0: when you made your introductions.
1: Uh, my name's Herschel.
0: Ah, Herschel is uh, you have come to the right place here at Chez Roger leroy We are always happy to introduce even the uh, les idiots américains, as we say, to uh, the jewels of our French uh, culture. Uh, here is the carte de cuisine. Here You can see the uh, written out. I assume you can um, uh, read. Yeah, Yes, I I can read. Thank Ah, you. Ah, good. Yes, we also have a picture menu for the people from uh, Louisiana.
1: May I have the the picture? You can have Mm -hmm. both. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're very sweet. I'm going to start with some Mountain Dew to begin Mm -hmm. with. Mm -hmm. And uh, I see that you've got yourselves a bit of a soup here. Mm -hmm. It's Blanca de Ah, oui, yes, uh,
0: le blanket de Veau. Uh, let me just uh, sit upon your lap in the traditional French m- method. Oh, oh, and I explain do. to you that uh, with the blanket de Veau, we take, uh, how you say, a baby cow. A baby cow. Oh, a veil? Yes, baby, baby cow, and we murder it straight away. It come out of the mama cow, and chop, it is dead. Oh, that's quick. Oh, yes, and then we, it hasn't even come out of the poop hole yet. And then we cut it into very thin slices and we put it with a beautiful butter, le beurre, and you eat it down and you feel
1: so good because the murder makes it taste so fresh. Interesting. I didn't expect it to be so graphic. Uh, let, let's see. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go perhaps... Oh, I, I think this looks pretty good. Hm I'm I, I might not pronounce this correctly, is it Pisel Dieri? Ah yes, the
0: pisseladier uh that is a, a a a lovely wonderful uh heartwarming dish from the south of France. And what we do is we make a, a boule, you say a boule, a dough, I believe, and we make it a very thin. And then a slap slap, we take the fishes, a whack whack, and we put them on there. And then uh, we cook it. And it is amazing for the breakfast. we always like to have the the fish for breakfast because it stays with us, and so we can put extra
1: anchovies on it and make it a very, very salty you will love i'm not a, not terribly fond of anchovies I, I think I think I'm gonna play it safe and go for the cock oven.
0: Ah, yes, the cock-o-vin. very good, yes. What we do is we take a, uh, a male rooster, and once he has crawled one thousand and one times, we immediately kill him dead. When the very one thousand and first kikri di di is still fresh in his throat, we strangle him with our bare hands. You see the feathers on my hands. You see them. Smell my hands.
1: It's oh, yes. Very, very uh, It's very, very graphic. I don't really yes, to graphic. Know how yes, yes. We
0: put the rooster in. We drown him in the wine. We boil it until until we start to faint with hunger, and then we serve it to you, our American friend.
1: Oh, okay, I, th- I think I'll just I'll start with the Mountain Dew and maybe a, 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 a an appetizer of the foie gras.
0: Ah, the foie gras. Yes, very good. Uh You will love to hear how we make this. We take. A goose. Oh, a goose, yes. And we staple his legs to the floor so he cannot move. Tac, tac, staple to floor. And then we first feed him podcast after podcast, only the freshest, to fatten his brain. And then we cut out his brain and we mush it into a gentle syrup until you can smell it. And the last thing the goose says before it is dead is Palette à la C'est un fier membre du réseau audio irresponsable,
1: Moms. That, that sound... I, I think I'm just gonna go get a Big Mac, if you don't mind.
0: It is too late. We've already stapled your feet to the floor. Enjoy your Mountain Dew! Oh, no!